Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics. I love them. Today, my friend Alan Gomez and I are going to be talking about Daredevil number one through five by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. We are going to be going into complete spoilers for this uh, for the first five issues of the series, so consider yourself warned. Make sure to follow Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and go make sure to check out Alan's Instagram and YouTube at Casual Comicer. Now, here is your episode. And welcome back to Cameron Reads Comics. My name's Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. And I am back with Alan Gomez. Alan, how are you? I am so stoked. We're going to talk about some Daredevil. I am. I don't know if you know this, but Daredevil. I'm. I'm. I'm hot and cold on my favorite characters in a per universe basis because it's really just dependent on the story I read. Because I'm very reactive. A lot of my reviews uh, uh, of ten on these on stories we read, I give a lot of tens out because I just think that if, if the story, if the story set out to tell the story it told like, well, like, you know, then I'm, I'm, that's a 10 and I can have 16 tens because it's like, Oh, that was perfect. So, yep. um, that being the case, daredevil is, if not one, depending on the day, he's my number one Marvel character or m- number two, but he's definitely top three or top two because, when I'm not a huge Spider-Man guy, I read a lot of Spider-Man. I probably have as much Spider-Man as Batman in my collection, which is just a whole heck of a lot. But I, I read something a long time ago that it said, when when I was a kid, I liked Spider-Man, but when I became an adult, I liked Daredevil. And that is so true. And if you are looking for Marvel's Batman, I die on the hill that that is Daredevil. Yeah, I've never heard that, but I can definitely agree with that. It's, Espe- there, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot that mirrors each other in oh. that. And, and especially to my, my favorite, <clears throat> if, if anyone asked me, my favorite issue of all time is from Frank Miller's Daredevil run. It is the death of Elektra, Daredevil 181. I think that Bullseye is the most underrated comic book villain of all time. And like just all this. So I'm really, really, really excited to dig into this book. But before you even get into Daredevil, I want to talk who we've been texting about like all we talked a lot about him today, but recently, Chip Zdarsky, he is, uh, you, I was telling you, and this is how I feel about how I receive comic books, which is, I read it by writer, even more than by character, because I'll, if if I get someone's take, Daredevil's a character where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll pretty much always pick up his title, but, like, Zdarsky and Daredevil mean something more, and Zdarsky, everything he's doing is... I'm like, he's so good. He's literally so freaking good. So, yeah, I just want to want to talk about Chip Zdarsky for a second. Um, how, how much Zdarsky have you read? Was it just this? Was it other stories? Oh, man. Uh, it's only been a handful. I'm really blanking right now on anything else, but I know that I've read 
Yeah, let me just take you on a journey. One of the things I love about this writer in particular, I think I've done one other episode, and it was on Sex Criminals, or I guess two other episodes. It was on Sex Criminals, and my buddy really did not like this series. And I was like, okay, well, I think this... I haven't read it, and I'm actually really excited to read it. I hear nothing but good things. You tell me about your friends, the first time I've heard anything not good about Sex Criminals. I'm like, you guys can go listen to that episode, but I disagreed with him vehemently. But it's also like, that was like his second comic book ever. I gave him like a really good one to start, and then I was like, oh, you want something a little more alternative? Here you go. And he was not ready at all. I think he just meant like alternative as in like Green Lantern, you know? Like, But I think Zdarsky's my... <clears throat> he will tell you too and also subscribe to his newsletter it's the greatest thing ever I don't subscribe to newsletters but I subscribe to his and it's my favorite but um, number one I think he's one of the most well-rounded writers because we were talking and, and his breakout book in Marvel was Howard the Duck which is just a series that should not work but there's some tongue-in-cheek in there and there's some like meta stuff that he can pull off which is just awesome Uh he wrote some Squirrel Girl. He wrote Jughead. He like brought back. Ch- yeah, I knew that. And then he also uh, he wrote something on on the show. What's the TV show? Riverdale. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I saw I saw it online. He's literally. I love that because it's so on brand. He he actually got his start. So Chip Zdarsky isn't even his name. It is a is his his a, whatever alternative. His his pen name? name. Pen name. Yeah. Thank you. And he and he's like. It's he's just so freaking he got like Nicolas Cage exactly exactly <laughs> he he's a Coppola just like yeah I'm like oh, Nicolas Cage is a Coppola is like the most anticlimactic but also like wow you are film royalty yeah like, well that's why he changed it to Cage yeah. after Luke Cage really yeah because Luke Cage was always like one of his favorites uh, oh and God. so he got Cage from that that is uh, and he named it you know he's a big Superman guy I didn't know that he named his son Cal K A L Oh, you know, that does kind of sound familiar now that you say it. Uh, yeah, big Nicolas Cage fans here on the pod. <laughs> but Who isn't, though? Exactly. Raising Arizona? Anyways. Um, Zdarsky's just like such a well-rounded writer because he does the comedic and he does the... Um, he can... Just tonally, I think he's so diverse. He, he started actually in newspaper, like just doing comic strips there. And then he found his way into comics. Uh, and he actually... Randomly on a Warren Ellis newsletter, uh, like on, on a website, I think, chat room, he met his co-creator on, uh, what's it called, on Sex Criminals, Matt Fraction, who's also, that's also a pen name. And just like, I think he's such a, he's such a character because he does some great Spider-Man stuff. He did actually a really brief run on Spider-Man. Another story, two stories, I, or one story I recommended to you today Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow. It's the brand new What If imprint uh, in Marvel. Not brand new, but revamping it. And then... Um, yeah, he did Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah, that was the... He did a brief run. Great story about the Tinkerer, who is a character that does not get a lot of attention. And I will say the best modern J. Jonah Jameson writer. Like, that's the standout part to me actually for those listening go check out my youtube review on chip zadarsky's spectacular spider-man run um and then lastly he's now taking over batman and it's literally the most excited i've ever been he did a great batman story called uh oh my gosh oh it's called joy or something it's cheer batman cheer amazing 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 stuff best jason todd story i've read because i'm not a huge jason todd guy so now getting into this, I'm just really excited to talk Daredevil. How familiar were you with Daredevil before uh, 
this story? Was he always like in the back of your head? Have you read a lot? Yeah, he was always. Um, well, I guess I was put off from uh, Daredevil when I saw Ben Affleck do it. <laughs> Very fair. <Yeah. laughs> so for a while, for maybe a decade, I was just like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a terrible movie. It's very much a product of its time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, I I still hadn't read like any Daredevil, and then uh, Charlie Cox came out in the Daredevil series, and then I was like, damn, I really have got to read some Daredevil because yeah. this guy is so freaking good, oh, and so I enjoyed it so much, and uh, so yeah, at this point, you know, I was only mildly familiar. Like I know the 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 general, the common knowledge stuff, you know, he's blind and whatever and this and that, you know, it, the stuff that everybody knows. He's the, he's a lawyer. He's got froggy and yeah, all, yeah. all that stuff. Like I know the general stuff that's consistent with the comics as well as, you know, the, the mediocre movie and then the amazing show. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that stuff and it was kind of him bringing it to light, uh, Charlie Cox's performance. And it was so much more, so much more layered and then there was so much more to the character where i was just like i really gotta read it and then you know i kind of didn't and i you know was just paying attention to other books for a while and then then yeah i picked up no fear and wow it was amazing i think i i was pleasantly surprised by this volume because it was my second time reading it and actually we're coming out of i think he's at least 30 issues deep in daredevil right now must be let's say 32, mid-30s, but he just came out of a big event that came out of this called Devil's Reign, which is, I think, one of the most recent... I don't think Daredevil's had a lot of events, but he just had his own Daredevil event book, and it was so freaking good, and I, I'm i not a huge event book guy, meaning, like, you know, Christ on Infinite Earth, but they do a million of them now. Yeah. Uh, and I think this one was really, really well done because I just think Zdarsky is that strong of a writer. But um, th this, as the beginning of his run, I remember this first issue sold out so... I was working in a comic shop at the time. It sold out so quick. And then I hadn't... I realized I hadn't put it in my pull list, like weekly subscription or whatever. Yeah. And it, I only was able to get it because a couple guys had canceled their subscriptions meaning they'd never picked up their books. And so I snatched two of them and I put them in my box and it worked out because the first two issues were so impossible to find. They, I think it went to three printings, which is just crazy. So I'm so glad. I'm so, that's my story of how I got these issues. Uh, anyways, let's get into the story. Um, okay, wait. So it it takes place after the Charles Soul run in Daredevil continuity, really important. And I guess he was in bad shape at the end. I, I read that down, but I was like, I don't know. I just, it wasn't as relevant, uh, I guess. How do you feel about the character of Cole North, the detective, the, the African-American detective that is in the story? Did you like him? What was your impression of him? Because he kind of is a character in this room. I, I, I appreciated the addition of a character like that and honestly, a, a lot of this book, I want to be careful how I say this, yeah, yeah. but um, a lot of the stuff um, in here, it sort of reminded me of like a 
cross between um, uh, Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One. It's literally the best thing I've ever heard. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, I, I want to be careful about doing the comparison. Because, yeah, like, he's he's been just Matt Murdock for a while. And then, you know, he comes back and, you know, this new detective, you know, hits the scene and he doesn't know who this guy is. He's like, oh, he's he's just some vigilante. I got to take him down like he's breaking the law, which that's the part that mirrors year one where. Yeah. And so everyone, you know, including Commissioner Gordon, yeah, like they're all just like, who the F is this guy, you know, running around this costume? Like, we got to take him down. Mm -hmm. And so. Those two things reminded me of that. But I love that they were both kind of brought together because uh, this detective, he, what was it? He transferred into this... Yeah, the house kitchen from Chicago. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, he's not familiar with who Daredevil is because he's not from this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something kind of fun about that, like... Um, there's some kind of, like, it's not like a, like a cocky ignorance, but that, for lack of a better way to put it, it's kind of that Yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, I just, I really liked how it seems like, you know, Daredevil came back and he's just making like mistake after mistake. And so he's kind of like digging himself more and more in a hole which can be, you know, an allegory for life whenever you do make mistakes. Like, there's so many times, like, um, you know, you make a mistake, you try and cover it up, but then you keep going and going, and then you're just like, oh, before you know it, you're like, wow, I'm in, I'm in a lot of trouble right now. Like, I didn't yeah. mean for it to get this bad. Yeah. And um, which I feel like we've all been there mm-hmm. where, you know, we make a mistake and keep making mistakes on top of it. And so... I think that's something that's pretty cool to see um, in a comic where it's like, you know, the protagonist, the hero or whatever, he's like not really coming out on top. He's barely making it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It, yeah. I totally, like, I think I want to go back to what you're saying about Cole North. Uh, with with the arrogance, I think that it's it's a misunderstanding and in, in He's justified in thinking that he can't trust Daredevil. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? He's like the 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 idea of like, oh, this guy's wearing a mask, he's not trustworthy, totally valid, justified. Uh, and also I think with Daredevil I realized too with with the uh, allegory to Batman, I it clicked in my brain. I'm like, oh, this, he definitely needed a a Commissioner Gordon character and even I I feel like it has to be on purpose because to even to your point to the year 1 comparison Jim Gordon transferred to Gotham from Chicago. And I'm like, that is like a little too on the nose for, for my taste. And, you know, their relationship. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it, it progresses to, to you know, a more of a partnership. Spoiler alert. But um, with this distrust, too, with, with, with the arc that it goes, I think I think you're so right. And and the arrogance of thinking, like, oh, this guy's wearing a mask. But it's like, also, you've never been to Hell's Kitchen. You know what I mean? You don't know how it goes down here. And, like... <clears throat> How did you think about uh, what do you feel about the interaction between Cole North and Kingpin? Because I thought that was so wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember specifically what they said. I mean, I do I do love 
Um, I mean, talk about cockiness. Uh, I do love that, you know, Kingpin is just, you know, hey, this is how it is, you know? Yeah. Like, you follow me. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you know. But, oh, man, I forgot. There was something they, that an exchange that they had, and now it's slipping my mind. Is it when Kingpin pretty much recited... No, well, he said two things that stuck out to me, which was, you did, you could have just called me, but you wanted to see me in person. And then number two is when he said his wife's name or something. He's like, oh, like, how's your wife doing? But so-and-so, yeah. Victoria, or whatever her name was. And I was like, oh. That's... That's what I was thinking. It was it was the first part of that. The you could have you could have just called me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that part because that's that's a real strong arm move. Oh yeah. But that was that was really good, and I think that's really good for like setting the stage for the amount of trouble that both of those characters are are gonna bring each other. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> I mean, I actually think that Kingpin's a really tough character to write because he's almost, I'm very, my posture is very convoluted with Joker. I just think we get too much Joker, but, um, and Kingpin walks that line very finely because everyone wants to, there's no, there's no bigger bad in, or I guess on a street level, you know, political kind of character for Marvel Norman Osborn and Kingpin are different. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to someone who it's like, you want to get the one up on, he's a hard character to do, but that's why everyone wants to use him. He's, you know, he has his hands in everyone's basket and it's like, I, that can get exhausting, but I think that Zdarsky knows he writes him like correctly as he's supposed to be written. And it's yeah. like, you can just really see him like knowing how to like, you know, twist it or whatever. It's awesome. Yeah. I think, they have kind of tried to do that in DC with Lex sometimes Yes. where it's like, Oh, you know, they made him the mayor or, you know, they made him this political figure. And even in, um, uh, what was that? That one where Lex Luthor becomes president at yeah, one yeah. point And, and they, I feel like they're trying to make him a lot more fiskish. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but they're, they're, they're so different to where, it's it's hard to do, but I think they were kind of trying to do the same thing with with Lex, where he's like more in that kind of world that Fisk is in, but he can't ever be. He's too corporate and he's too smart. Yeah, he's oh man, it's I like I just think that, and you know it's funny you're, you talked about the Daredevil series. I recently did a rewatch and I reviewed it. Check it out on the YouTube. But um, I recently did a rewatch and I wasn't a Vince D'Onofrio fan as Kingpin, and then. I I was completely wrong because I went I in the rewatch I was like oh you're absolutely perfect oh yeah that when I when I saw him as Kingpin I was just like wow I could not imagine anybody else doing as good a job as him even like even the voice and everything like he did it where it was just like oh man like he's he's so threatening but he's so haunted from his own past but he's just like. Oh, he's just got it down. He's just—he's so good. It's and I love that they brought him back for oh, for Hawkeye. That <laughs> that I, was so good. I talked about it. I think I did a review, if not an interview, it's on the YouTube. But more than anything, I'm so glad that they gave him that they gave the Kingpin like Daredevil like universe tie-in reveal on the Hawkeye show 
And then whatever the movie came out the next day, it's No Way Home, where yeah. Murdoch was in it. And I was like, that was just, that was perfect. Like, that's th- how they gave us that. I was like, oh, man. Cause, and I hear they're bringing back another season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're doing another Daredevil season. They got writers on that. Uh, really excited. Because that's, they just know they couldn't have done it better. And I feel, I was watching a bunch of TV, like Game of Thrones and, and Sopranos and a bunch of stuff. Like Breaking Bad, I went through like this renaissance TV. I really believe that the Daredevil series is a like Game of Thrones, Sopranos level show. I think the writing is so freaking perfect. Yeah, it's super good, and they introduced a lot of characters in that show. They they brought out a bunch of characters, which also would bring me to say that John Bernthal is great as Punisher. Oh, it's the perfect guy. And you know that if they were to ever do it, they would have to bring him back because he's that good. Yeah. He's um, great. He's the perfect amount of like beefy dude and then like angry and this and that. Like he's he is freaking Punisher. He's like I was like it's like he's not even he was a great Shane or whatever on The Walking Dead, but he's like that was a role that defined him, but I just feel like the Punisher is just so much more perfect. But and that actually would take me to yes, to gonna, a parallel of this. Great, great yeah, transition. to get in a get in. <laughs> So I remember in the Daredevil show when Punisher had him tied up on the roof. Oh yeah, that whole scene, and then in No Fear, how they basically like recreated that scene here, where it's like. They're not friends. Oh, like yeah. they're both in, you know, their, you know, pers- respective worlds, doing their own thing. And then whenever they meet, they're just like, "Why are we here together?" Oh, you know, like and and yeah, Daredevil just he hates Punisher. Oh, it's it and it's so justified too. Like my, I, and I told you earlier, my favorite comic issue, but my favorite run of all time is the Frank Miller Daredevil run. Uh, right at the beginning of Electra, through like that, that you know, through the death, resurrection of Electra stuff, uh, the Punisher relationship with Daredevil is explored in that because you know even even Kingpin, even Punisher were originally Spider-Man villains. You know, their their first appearance are in Amazing Spider-Man issues, and the way that Daredevil's like relationship with Punisher is portrayed. I I remember reading that issue. I think it's issue number five. Uh, it was the most perfect like introduction like again punisher i think is also kind of a tough character to write i think zadarsky nails their dynamic perfectly and to one of my favorite moments in this story which is matt saying do you know how easy i could be you and how gnar like he's he's like when he used the example of like i literally I'm, i'm not doing this justice at all but it's pretty much like do you know how dangerous i could be if i wanted to be and it's like Oh, yeah, like, he does have the capability to be uh, Frank Castle. Uh, he can he can be that if he wanted, but yeah, he chooses to not just go on a killing spree every night. Exactly, exactly, and like he has the amount of trauma that could lead to that too. Um, yeah. How okay? So get, getting broader from there, how did you feel in this story about Daredevil's relationship with New York and and the extended Marvel universe, like? It, it wasn't just Punisher we saw. It was a bunch of actually other Marvel characters. How do you feel about those additions? Uh, I feel like he doesn't really want to be a part of that. Like, it seems like he's just so tired of having that be his entire life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the, you know, kind of the thing that, you know, reminded me a little bit too 
um, about Dark Knight Returns where, you know, yeah, he was absent for so long and then he comes back, but he like reluctantly comes back. And so like this whole thing, he's just like, damn it, I got to do this again. Like, I don't want to be here. I think with, with, to your point and even the Dark Knight Returns comparison, there's a level of like, and, and that leads to a plot in this story where he's so hurt from the whatever happened at the end of Charles Soule's run that I'm actually currently reading. But he's so hurt at whatever happened there that he's not competent like to be Daredevil, to be a street fighter. And that's to the result of someone's death. Uh, and so I think that's a really good point that you bring up. Um would you do you prefer your Daredevil solo or would you would would you want him to be a part of the Avengers? I I think for this run, this is way perfect just completely by himself. Yeah. But I would really like to expand uh my Daredevil reading into way more like Defenders, Avengers, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like I would like to see how he is with all of these other characters. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think this run, but I think uh, like fundamentally as a character, I don't think he works in, in uh, a team environment. I think maybe defenders, it has to be street level. Yeah. He does. Well, he doesn't need anybody. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't. <clears throat> I'm like, Oh my gosh. I, I don't think she's not in this one, but there's some Electra stuff that happens later. And it's just like, so good. Like Electra is all daredevil needs in my, in my brain. Because they're they're just that good, but um, yeah, I, I I I'm not a if if it was if he was to ever appear in the Avengers, I need him to be in like, you know, whatever the final battle, and that's all I need, you know, whatever the the, the end game of it all. I'm like, I just need him in there, and I'll be happy. But you know, until then, um, I guess you know I didn't have too many questions on this one either because I thought it was so freaking good. How'd you like the art? How'd you like Marco Cicchetto's, uh? art style because he'd actually been on daredevil before in the run i guess two runs before this and i never even noticed uh how'd you like his art style uh i very much enjoyed it i don't know i have i have no i have no critiques like it's 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 great i think it the Oh man! Oh, what I loved—I think my favorite part about it actually was uh, the blind scenes, like when we see yes. what Daredevil sees. Yes. The way he illustrated that—that that was my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to find one of the pages yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, look yeah. at it with like all the stripes. Yeah, like I just the... oh, I I loved it the way he did it. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's he's so good. You know, I think the way I describe him is he's an artist. He he's the longtime artist on the series, and he's actually there's going to be a new Daredevil number one coming out. He is now, I think, off the book, and they got a new series regular artist. And what I noticed in the these runs is that when there's an artist who's not in it, or like when when he when there's a fill in artist or like someone comes in to do an issue or two, it actually really bums me out because this guy draws every character so well, uh, and he also draws the best hair. Like the everyone will tell you John Byrne does. No, I think Marco Cicchetto, the way he draws like female hair is so cool. Also, this is my pinnacle Daredevil suit. That's exactly how I want it to look. Yeah, actually, I now looking at the cover again too. This is very like Alex Ross esque, but mm-hmm. like a bit more watercolor. Yeah, which I think is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I, just just the the cover art. It just it's so cool. And I love, I do love how minimal the suit is on on the cover. 
Yeah, I just think, I also think the way I don't know whose choice it was, but they wrapped because Matt's father was a boxer. They yeah. wrapped his forearms up in like the tape. Yeah, I think that is the coolest decision ever. You know, I noticed that, but I didn't really make that uh, connection until now. But I love it because I actually used to box for a while too, oh, so no. I would always. You know, wrap up my hands too. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, that's super cool looking at it now when he's wearing the Punisher shirt. Oh, the Punisher shirt, like art, I, I thought was, I think I, I put the, when I was reading this, I put it on my story uh, for Cameron's comics because I just thought, I was like, oh, that imagery was so perfect. Like all, all the stuff. I think he just draws a wonderful Daredevil. Uh, going back into the Marvel Universe stuff, he, this story ends on um, Spider-Man. Telling Daredevil he needs to knock it off. How did you like that? How did you feel about that characterization of Spider-Man? Because it's not the same as we see him. Yeah, that I thought was like, it was pretty nuts. Uh, I feel like it might have not have been his decision. Like that was someone, um, I don't want to say higher up than him, but it, it definitely wasn't uh peter's decision to go in there and do that because he's not an authoritative kind of guy mm -hmm. and so it was definitely someone else on the avengers or someone else you know in in the universe saying like hey we gotta go tell daredevil to knock it off you are kind of in his neighborhood go visit him you're the closest mm -hmm. kind of thing like that's kind of what i'm thinking um it was pretty nuts though because that was definitely like a like hey you better stop yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing, and it's like, oh, Spider-Man doesn't say stuff like that. Yeah, and especially because <clears throat> if you read, if you read Spider-Man, because the other thing too, again, that I love, uh, but also surprising, is in Zdarsky's runs, Spider-Man is so much more quippy and like fun, and then uh, in Howard the Duck, he's only a com comedic aspect. Uh, there's a running joke that every time he's in Howard the Duck, he like starts crying because he's so tortured or whatever. But that's so Zdarsky. But to see him like put his foot down. I think Spider-Man and Daredevil have a really interesting relationship in the comics too. Just being like, it's kind of a real, recognized, real street-level hero talking to street-level hero, mm -hmm. and so it. I thought it was oddly out of character, but I think it shows how much Peter cares about life because I think he's right, Daredevil. Like, you can't just get away with having someone die on your watch or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah, that's true. I didn't kind. Of, I didn't kind of think about him thinking about daredevil killing somebody and then going in and telling him yeah because that's that's spider-man's number one thing i would say even more so than daredevil's because daredevil's more of a ninja than like you know any any all of the other i think the origin story i think it <clears throat> his ninja-ness almost looms farther overshadows all the origin stuff but spider-man's origin story is literally like i lost a loved one and I will, I will do everything in my power to never have let that happen again so if i know that this is happening in my city Unaccept no patience, like can't happen. Yep. And for him, because they have a working relationship too. Like uh, it's it's so. I I just think it's so interesting, and so I, that was such a I I forgot about that beat, and I was like, oh, I need to resonate because it, it it went from all the defenders, him and Jessica Jones, and then the Punisher, and then it was like, oh, Spider Man now what? It was just wild. yeah, I was surprised uh, with how many characters they pulled into this comic and it's not it's not even that long it's, <laughs> it's five issues yeah it's pretty short and so like for them to pack all that in there but it didn't feel crowded or anything the story was so like so cohesive it was so like organic everything happened like it just like laid out easy that it didn't feel convoluted or anything 
like and i i i enjoyed this so much i really cannot wait to read the rest of them yeah it's it's a great freaking run i might even i'd say collect the trades then sell them and buy the omnibus because that's i think that's what i might do because i just forget so yeah excited. and i know you're gonna ask me what i rate it out of 10 yep. and i'm gonna say 10 out of 10 yeah story art everything and it was just it kept my attention the whole time not one point i was just i was feeling bored or anything it was just yeah it was perfect. Even on the even on the cover, it says this comic does everything right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. it does. It really does. It was. It's a huge deal, and I'm really. He's becoming his full Frank Miller like transition too, because he's uh, he's literally currently on Daredevil and currently on Batman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to read his Batman. He's done like two arcs already, so I'm like just. Take it all the way. Uh, Maybe DC Marvel will do another crossover. It'll be Daredevil and Batman. In the name of Zdarsky, I need that to happen. <laughs> that would be two characters I would love to see together. Yeah, I think I think it's happened one time. I couldn't tell you. I mean, yeah, there was. It. We talked earlier about JLA Avengers. The saddest. Um, but I would really love to see just. Th- DC and Marvel give them full like approval yeah. to just like a one shot yeah. like put both of these characters together absolutely um yeah it's it's great uh i guess favorite last question for you i think I, i'm i think i'm gonna give it a 9.2 and i think it's solid i think it's so solid but i just i don't know it's not it's not 10 quality for me <clears throat> love love it though love zadarsky love everything love chichetto's art but i don't know it just didn't completely seal the deal uh, which is rare for me, but maybe in the next volumes you'll give them all a ten yeah, when yeah. you read all of them. I'd say overall the run is a ten. So, yeah. <laughs> but I guess this volume is like, well, okay, we're we're doing setup stuff. Yeah. Well, um, it's also keeping me like ultra interested. Where it's just like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? You know, I got I got I got to read. I got to find out what's yeah, gonna happen next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Last uh, question. Ooh, favorite character? <sighs> Let's see. Man, that's a tough one. I feel like I want to say Punisher because I love that whole scene, that whole conflict they have where he, with Daredevil, like, you know, he does say that, like, you know, do you know how easy it could be for me to be you or uh, however he says it? Like, that whole thing, he's, like, tied up and whatever, and then they end up, and, and you know, uh, Punisher's, like, threatening to shoot this other guy this hostage that he has and just Mm -hmm. this that whole tense situation it's just like it's just one of those scenes where you're just like you're watching it and you're just like you're sweating you're on the edge of your seat you're just like oh my god like i really don't know what's gonna happen and i think that he brings just so much more um out of daredevil where he's just like daredevil he already has the drive to be the way he is but i think that there's so much more where he's just like i have to save this hostage i have to save myself i have to stop punisher i have to do all these things i'm tied up in a chair right now yeah and i just i'm watching but like you know there's just there's so much tension it's and it's such like a difficult part of the read but i think that would is what makes punisher my favorite of this issue oh, yeah. and if if you're gonna say punisher then i'll say i'm on the fence because again all the characterization is so good i uh, i i definitely second punisher but i would say uh kingpin yeah 
Kingpin because I was like, I was like, okay, oh, he took mine, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say someone else too because I, I think those beats, I think Cole North is so strong. I think the setup in this is so strong. Um, yeah, I think I think King Kingpin seeing him written well and like even some could make the argument that this Daredevil run, uh, Zdarsky's run, is more about Kingpin than it is about Matt. Because he says he just says that the the <clears throat> Devil's Reign event isn't even a Daredevil event; it's a Kingpin event, which is like, oh my gosh! It's like, and when you see it happen, it's so well done, it's so well facilitated as it should have been. So it's issue two, right? Uh, what? The the Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign is no, it's probably down the road. It's it's. Okay. I think it happens at issue twenty six or twenty seven is when Devil's Reign happens. Mm. But you know, you got. You have quite a journey to go on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked that you're going to be reading. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. If you, uh, if all the listeners could go check out our Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube channel at Camera Reads Comics, and go check out Alan's Instagram page. That is like my favorite thing. Alan, what is your page? It is at Casual Comicer on instagram yes if you guys can go through my stories i'm pretty much regularly reposting why because the content is beautiful and i support the books that he is reading awesome well thank you alan we'll see you next time see ya